0: Seconds to go. Jaron dribbles into the front court, drives to the bucket. His shot, no good. Put back up and in by Trayvon Scott. Cincinnati by one. Rose from half court. His yeah! shot is no good. The snap, the put-down, the swing of the leg, it is on its way, it is good! Cincinnati
1: wins the American Championship! Here comes Bosa, here comes the quarterback, pearl looking for a block, and he got it up in the front by Hopkins, into the end zone, touchdown! What a skipper! Called his own number, and streaks for 23 for a touchdown for Cincinnati. Welcome back. I don't know about you guys, but that felt like a long week since the last time we recorded. It's been a whole week, yeah. I mean, yeah, but I just feel like it was—it felt longer. I—I I got nothing. Maybe the weather's been better. I—I I, I did. It snowed.
2: It snowed right after the last episode. There
1: was that. I forgot Apparently, about that. It's
2: three inches, if you ask Aaron.
1: That's what the news said.
2: Somebody lied to the news as well. I, I don't think that's how that works. Uh, Clay knows where I'm getting at.
1: So <laughs> that brings us to, we do have a special guest tonight because the Reds, coming off of seven losses in a row, they uh, they hit and finally won a game last night. So we thought, what better time to bring on our newly engaged best friend of the podcast, Clay Snowden
3: of Locked On Reds. Clay, how are you? Um, I'm doing great, actually. The Reds are one and zero since I got engaged. So um, I, I actually had our friend Evan DM me and say that I had to get engaged again tonight to <laughs> guarantee a win. Does
0: that mean you have to buy another ring?
3: Yeah. Oh God, I hope not. Evan says hi. <laughs>
1: so tell us how you did it man i mean i'm sure that's what everybody wants to know
3: everybody wants to know that's why they're Um, all tuned in well actually i'll I'll give the quick story actually is she
1: available to tell us how you did it
3: (laughs) yeah yeah probably be way better yeah she'll come over real quick
2: i hope i hope the internet's about to break
1: Hello, Reds people.
2: Hello.
0: What's going on? the ring. Here
1: it is it? in all of its glory.
0: How do you do it? Look at that.
1: I know. Um,
3: Don't go well, any details. We had a date night planned Friday, but he was too sick to go Friday. So we
1: rescheduled for Monday.
3: I did not have the ring until Saturday. I want to make that clear. Cold feet. Yeah. Cold feet. Yeah. So we took a little walk at this like it's a Henry Clay. It's called the Henry Clay Estate, but it's an old
2: historic house with like little walking trails, and you can walk around. So we did that. We walked up to the house,
1: and he was like, "Here, let's take a selfie. This is so pretty. It was such a beautiful night."
2: Clay's and a so then after
1: he him. took a selfie, I turned around and bam, it happened.
0: <gasps> did, did he, he say do a- that it was a, a beautiful night?
1: It was. Did he do it with a hot dog with only ketchup? Stop it! Oh, That's
3: yeah. the best! You've, You've got to, so to embrace
0: the, the other the toppings. <laughs> All right. All right. Was- Was- Thank
3: <laughs> <you>. <laughs> well,
1: congratulations. We, uh, we, we love the newest member of the PTP family, the future Mrs.
2: Snowden. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> She's so excited. I love
2: it. <laughs> And that's it. That's the show, folks. Everyone have a good night.
3: <laughs> she, she's excited to watch the Reds at ten ten. 10 got my West Coast Trips. What, Ed?
2: Can I borrow somebody's login?
3: No, get better cable.
0: Oh, that's my bad. That's on me.
3: Evan We've says hot dogs
0: that. need more than one topping.
3: I agree, Evan. They need at least seven.
0: <laughs> 7 That's such an arbitrary number. Well, amazing. I, speaking of
2: hot well, how dog toppings, we get
3: into some reds talk.
2: Well, speaking yeah. of hot dog toppings, if you visit that link that's scrolling across the bottom, you can buy Clayton's. Clayton's. You can buy Clay's hot dog T-shirt.
1: Well, that's, that's right. Yeah. That's so excited about I, you. Being I think I'm engaged. the only one that owns
2: the hot T-shirt. I think you are actually yes. So that's the reds.
1: They have been. You are really trying with this this camera thing tonight. I'm producing so, uh, tonight. It's terrible. So the Reds have they lost six in a row, seven in, seven in a row. Seven, and seven. they came back last night against the red hot Dodgers, who have you know they dropped the series against uh, the Padres, and they, they've been. Uh, sent reeling with a, a knockout hit from the Reds here in the uh in the first round. So we'll we'll see what what the, the next two games bring, but what did what are your takeaways here of this uh this young season, Clay?
3: Well, first off, um beating the Dodgers was awesome. I mean, I wasn't too too surprised considering the games the Dodgers just played against the Padres, which is Appointment television, just the best series in baseball that we've had for years. Um, coming off an emotional series like that, I wasn't too terribly surprised that the Reds were able to get one on them. The season's been kind of weird. That hot start really flamed fast and uh, really went downhill from there. Um, the pitching hasn't been terrible. like The starters are doing just fine. Jeff Hoffman's pitching much better than a lot of his underlying numbers look and he's provided some you know great outings so far um the rest of the starters i mean gray's only pitched once we're just going to write that off castillo's had a lot of trouble in the first inning i don't think his numbers are as bad as a lot of people are kind of making them out to be um and then tyler malley who you all know i love has just been absolutely fantastic this year and um, I, I just think he's going to continue that success the rest of the year. Now, the bullpen has been, I don't know if, if I'd say disaster. Less than ideal. Right. Yeah, well, Lu- Lucas Sims has been awesome. TJ anton has been awesome. Uh, Carson Fulmer, not Carson Palmer, has been a pleasant surprise that we got for nothing. Um, other than that, there's been a couple of good outings here and there. But, you know, your, your back end of the, or the the kind of you know lower roster bullpen guys are just going to be filtered in and out. We're already starting to see that first wave of it now.
1: So, I mean, it's real easy to say that your first takeaway is going to be for how long is, is David Bell going to continue to trot his starters out for five or six innings and then try and put the rest of the game in the bullpen's hands when the bullpen's been, again, just less than ideal? I, I mean – you're going to see Lucas Sims and TJ Anton's arms fall off by all-star break.
3: Yeah, I actually wrote an article about that today. Um, if it's kind of – is it David Bell's fault that these pitchers are getting pulled? Um, and kind of what I wrote about was more than just looking at so-and-so pitched five innings, we really should focus more on pitch count. Everyone wants – you know, they see a box score says, Tyler Malley, one hit, five innings pitched. And everyone says, oh, why did they keep him in? Well, he's at 90-91 pitches. What do you want to happen? You come out in the six and he's, you know, at 100 pitches and he, he, he may have an out by then. I mean, then do you pull him midway through? I don't really know what the answer is. Now, without the DH, that also affects things. A lot of people, you know, may not always factor that in as well, especially if you just look at a box score and see innings pitch. You know, you're going to pinch hit for somebody in the fifth inning if their pitch count's pretty high. They Really, it breaks down to how efficient can these pitchers get at throwing strikes and getting outs, um, and David Bell has pulled some people early. I think that's just part of being, you know, an early season. You have to ramp up. You know, if it's maybe July, August, these pitchers would go a little, little bit longer. Um, injury pre- prevention's playing in a role there, but I think the real reason why people are frustrated and they have every right to be is the fact that you know when they get. Well, the bullpen comes in and the bullpen's giving up runs. That has nothing to do with the starters. That has everything to do with the bullpen. Now, of course, the next question would be, okay, well, if David Bell knows the bullpen sucks, why is he taking out starters? Um, he's going to have to eventually trust that bullpen. You're not going to make it through a whole season without using your bullpen. Um, and we've already highlighted a few players that have played well. And at this point, you have to hope that, you know, You can find a couple other kind of guys who can fit in. Ryan Hendricks, who I've wrote about a couple times, um, recently got called up and looked pretty good. You know, players like Vladimir Gutierrez, he's one of the prospects that's the closest to probably the MLB, 25 years old, just finished his suspension from the end of 2019, I guess, or 2020. Um, He's a starter, but a guy who has enough stuff that, they could pro- probably use him in a bullpen role. Um, those type of players are going to start getting called up sooner than later. You know, it's that time of the year where you can't make excuses. And I, I guess we need to address the elephant in the room of what, what is Amir Garrett, right? What is Amir right?
2: Garrett? Yeah, he's, what, a, he's a pitcher. You,
3: That's the question. Is, he's a pitcher. Can you count on, count on AG? Not right now. He has been absolutely terrible. He threw two is-
0: pitches last night before he gave up the game-tying home run,
3: I think. Yeah, and his slider is looking like crap. Pedestrian, pedestrian? Yeah, and what needs to happen is the same thing that they did with Lorenzen last year when he was off to a rocky start. You simply don't pitch him in situations that you used to pitch him. Amir Garrett needs to turn into the 6-0 ball game in the fifth inning guy who comes yeah. up, you know, and just gets him out and just put him in positions that are low pressure and make him earn his outs. Instead of him being expected to get late innings, he should be fighting for every inning that he does get and trying to prove himself that way. And kind of work his way back up. Um, just, right now it's looking bad and you can't send him to triple A. He doesn't have any options. So there is no quick answer of figuring it out in AAA because if you put him on waivers, he will get claimed. He's, he's been successful enough in his career that an MLB team will not let him go through waivers. So what's the answer? Besides you know pitching him in situations that are low pressure and hoping that he bounces back. But, I mean, right now I just have zero uh, – I have zero trust. I still have faith in him. I just don't have any trust in him right now. Um, still plenty of time to turn it around. I mean, at, at what
0: point? At what point do the Reds look at it and and do cut ties? You know what I mean. I mean, he doesn't have any options. You can't send him down. So yeah. you also can't keep him around, holding a spot in the bullpen, hoping that things turn around if he continues. You know, like you said, you put him in some low pressure situations. He continues to give up hits, uh, walk the you know walk everybody when you decide like, all right, it's time to send him away. And we're going to bring up, you know, Brandon Finnegan.
3: Yeah. Um, that, that's a good question. They were carrying three lefties, which I thought was a little bit strange considering in the past, they haven't even had two quali- quality lefties. They've always had Amir as the go-to lefty and random fill in lefties who, you know, Cody reads and whatnot. Um, now they had three lefties before Perez got sent down. Doolittle's been been pitching pretty well. Um, so the question with Amir is, okay, what are you going to do, right? You can't trade him. Anyone that thinks, oh, they're just going to trade him. The return on relievers to begin with is low, unless you're an absolutely dominant reliever. The return's always low. You're not going to sell low on somebody who has shown that much potential. Um, he's not a prospect. He's 29 years old. And you're right, Jeff. At some point, they're just going to have to cut him loose if that's the case. I think it all depends on how the standings look. Honestly, if the Reds are in it, you you don't have time to have a reliever, you know, crap in the bed. But if the Reds, you know, they don't want to lose the guy because they've seen his production in the past and they know what he can be. Um, but honestly, that that's the the million dollar question, right? What do you do with Amir Garrett? And honestly, I have no idea. I would just you just hope he bounces back, and if he doesn't, maybe end of early June, do you still have him on your roster if he's not bouncing back? I mean, the thing is, are the Reds really the type to just cut an MLB talent when they don't? I mean, Brandon Finnegan, by the way, I saw him at the alternate side pitch twice, and he looked awesome. I mean, his stuff had a lot of move. He threw a curveball that everyone around me was, you know, oohing and aahing right after he threw it. I mean, there were, people were taking notice of how good he looked. But am I really going to sit here and hype up Brandon Finnegan as the savior? No, not at all.
0: Do you think? Um, do you think that at some point, let's let's say the Reds get through this stretch here against the Dodgers, maybe we win one of the next two. Right? Let's be let's be a little honest. I don't know that a sweep of the Dodgers is going to happen. It could, um, but let's say we get through that. We get through this next stretch against the Cubs, and then I think the White Sox get a string together some wins. Things start looking up. Do they at some point say? Let's uh let's maybe bring up a guy like Hunter Green or Ladolo and run them out of the pen?
3: No, I think both of those players are I don't think Hunter Green will be on the roster unless it's a very late season push getting him out of the bullpen. He hasn't pitched in so long. I mean, yeah. he hasn't played in a real game in over 900 days or something crazy. Like he's maybe hasn't been that long, but I mean it's been years. So he needs all of the reps he can get in triple-A, double-A, AA, wherever they put him. Um, the minor league season starts in about five days. I think Lodolo is closer to getting actual playing time. Um is our, our boy Evan's favorite player. He asked me every third day when Lodolo's coming up. I, I see Ladolo's ceiling as a three, maybe a – Four, you know, I don't think he's ace potential type stuff, but he's going to be a really, really solid pitcher. Um, when he will come up, I think you know maybe like in August. Um, another guy that I've been talking a lot about is uh, Riley O'Brien, who I saw pitch twice, actually start two games at the alternate side. Twenty-six year old, I think he's number like sixteen or something in the top thirty prospects guy who we got from Tampa Bay and the Cody and he's looked really good. And I kind of think he's on the 40-man. I wouldn't be surprised if he's one of those guys that kind of gets a random like, wow, this guy got called up for a spot start or, you know, someone gets injured. and Yeah, I wouldn't be too surprised if – I think it will be him or Gutierrez will be the first one called up for a starter.
1: Much like T.J. Antone last year?
3: Yeah, exactly. Kind of a surprise guy that a lot of people didn't, you know, think about. I think O'Brien will be a starter, though. Um, I would like to see him pitch that. I mean, even if it is in the bullpen, from what I've heard, he's going to kind of stay as a starter, though. Yeah.
1: I do apologize if you catch any of whatever Fast and Furious is being filmed outside my apartment currently. So I'm trying to manage the mute button accordingly. But Jesus. (laughs) Um, so what do you do with a Michael Lorenzen when he comes back? Is there any shot at him trying to crack the rotation or is he pretty much going to be relegated to the bullpen now? Because
3: we all know they need all the help they can get. Yeah. I think with Lorenzen, he should be a bullpen guy at this point, this season, coming back from that injury will be midway through the year. Who knows how long it will be truly at that point. I mean, he would have to start working back up to a starter and, Honestly, I just don't know if that is the best plan of action, especially when you need bullpen guys. He's a pro- he's proven himself to be a solid bullpen guy. I just think it makes more sense to kind of get him in the bullpen. Um, anytime you're dealing with injuries, too, it's it just seems safer move to put a guy who's not traditionally a starter, even though he was in the minors, who's been a bullpen guy for the past, what, five, six years, to, yeah. to, to just put him back in the bullpen. I mean, if you think about him, Sims, uh, Antone, you know, as long as Anton stays in the bullpen, you know, that that's a pretty solid three with Fulmer, full, you know, filling in here and there and uh, do, do little you know, pitching well enough and you hope a Ryan Hendricks or a triple A guy can. I mean, it's not that you, you don't have to squint too hard to see where it could be okay.
1: Well, and who would you even move to make room for Lorenzen anyway?
3: Yeah, exactly. I mean, they just moved uh, Jose De Leon from the rotation back when Gray came back. He's in the bullpen now. Um, Kind of a high strikeout type guy, but has some control issues. And I think he he could round out that uh, bullpen as well and be pretty productive. I mean, Jeff Hoffman's pitching better than... He appears to be pitching better than he actually is. I think if you look at his baseball savant page, he is not producing the best numbers. He's really getting lucky right now, and I hate to say it, but tonight he starts, and tonight maybe the night he kind of gets exposed. But we uh, like get a tough Dodgers lineup. But yeah, we'll take, we'll take a little bit. Of that. You can't really take him out right now. I mean, it's a good problem to have.
1: Yeah, we'll take a little bit of luck. We're never on that side of the coin, you know? Exactly. It seems we're always on, on the bad I side.
3: I was of luck. about that when he was hitting right. every ball 100 miles per hour right at a fielder. Yeah. So I guess so, Mark
0: Payton did get sent down today for uh, – Mark Payton did
3: get sent down. The former Rule 5 draftee, Yankee, for, former Yankee, uh, former A's player, 29 years old. He's a Jag. I mean, he's just a guy. This Mark Payton will stick around. He can play outfield, has a little bit of speed. I don't ever see him really being an impactful player. Will he me. come
0: back around in about 10 years, a la Scott Casmer.
3: Uh, yeah, yes, for the Braves. Yeah, I think it was 12 <laughs> years he went. 2008 or something. Eight, was last, yep. so that's wild. And then he grounded into a double play, and that was it. Yeah, that was it, that was <laughs> it. But
0: his, kid, his kids got to see him play, though. Yeah, that's
3: awesome.
1: <laughs> I'd be all right if we never saw another Mark Payton blunder rounding second base and just losing a game.
3: ever yeah, again. I don't know yeah. if the listeners quite understand. In our group chat, Aaron, Aaron is not a Mark Payton fan. I mean, like very much so. It was it was a bit bizarre, but I, I just want to it, get that out there so everybody knows. It's
0: it's worse than the than the uh, the Ed V Clay. Uh, constant battle that goes on. Because I compared him <laughs> to Scott Schebler?
3: <laughs> Scott Schebler has a 30-home run season. He's a decent player, and he's starting for the Angels.
1: No one but Scott Schebler and you, apparently, remember that Scott Schebler had a 30-home run
3: season. That is very true. <laughs> <laughs> what do you so, think
0: of Go ahead, go ahead. There.
1: I was going to transition, but if you had another, I I just wanted to show.
3: Evan had asked a question about Jeff Hoffman's baseball savant page. I know that anyone who's listening to this podcast won't be able to see, but these are his numbers. Anything in blue is bad. Everything besides fastball spin is pretty much bad. (laughs) Um, So that, like, you know, average exit velocity, meaning pitch or batters are hitting hard off of him. Those type of things, you know, when you're giving up a lot of hard hit hits, those are going to turn into actual hits and home runs eventually. But go on. I just wanted to sh- yeah, show that.
0: Yeah. yeah, That makes sense. So you're saying he's uh pitching on borrowed time right now.
3: I like Jeff Hoffman. I just don't think he's 2.65 ERA, six inning, you know, three hits guy. And he's never been that in his career either. So, would you rather have Anthony
0: Desclafani?
3: <laughs> Absolutely.
0: Yes. Well, I mean, that's that question. <laughs> two completely different
1: contracts, too. Yeah. That's not. That's uh, not necessarily yeah. a fair yeah, you're, comparison. You're,
0: you're
3: right. You're right. Disco's uh, pitching so well this year. I mean, I get why they let him go to an extent. Like they didn't want to pay him, which we—that's a different story for a different day. But right. didn't have the best 2020, injured off and like. I liked Disco a lot. I actually wrote a really embarrassing article before last year that Disco would be the third best pitcher in the Reds rotation. ahead. It would be one Castillo, two Gray, three Disco, four Bauer. So uh, that's a bad take.
0: Between that take and the, the famous Christian Cologne Dark Horse MVP take, uh, I don't know, That Clay. has never
3: been confirmed.
0: Um. <laughs> oh. So with uh, and I know that I know that the Reds have kind of dispelled this a little bit, um, but we've all we've all seen the uh, uh, maybe I guess pedestrian is the word of the night. Pedestrian uh, defensive efforts leveled in the uh, infield, and uh, I know that they've they've brought in Senzel now twice on some spot starts or not starts, but some spot fielding there on the uh, second base. I think he played third the other night. Yeah. Um, with the log jam that we've got kind of in the outfield of rotating people through. Although I guess, you know, when Shogo comes back in, there'll be even more of a, an issue out there. And I know they said that they're not going to do it, but they may need to lean on Senzel coming into the infield and picking up at his roots.
3: Yeah. To me, that was really interesting. Um, I, I was surprised to see it. And to be honest with you, I don't even read too much into it other than, it's just reps for him, and I don't. I don't think what I'm saying is I don't think he's just going to become the starting second baseman. He's definitely not going to be the starting shortstop. If anyone has those ideas, but um, maybe they see him as a kind of like the Ben Zobris type utility man in the future, where he just kind of plays every day but plays all over the place. Maybe I don't know. I don't think he's hit well enough to be that type of guy. I don't think he's really. You know, I, I don't see it as a way that we have to get Nixon's in this lineup so badly that we need him to play all these different positions. Personally, I'd rather him just stick in center field, focus on his hitting, and worry about that because right now, I mean, he's not going to play shortstop. Anyone that's coming into this infield mix that cannot play shortstop is not necessarily helping the infield. Moose is at third. Suarez could always move back to third. India is a third baseman. He's playing second base and looking pretty good, ma- making some you know rookie mental mistakes, but he's learning the position. I, I mean, none of those guys are shortstops, including Suarez, but he's playing there. Um, Kyle
0: Farmer is a shortstop.
3: Kyle Farmer, yes, okay, but I'm not necessarily like trying to carve out Kyle Farmer at bats right now. <laughs> but, yeah, the Senzel thing to me is just its just more or less interesting than anything. I don't think it's something that's going to change a ton of, you know, the plan going forward. I mean, who is – would you rather have Nick Senzel in center or Shogo every day or Tyler Naquin? I mean, that's really what it comes down to. And then, okay, if, if you say Naquin or Shogo, who do you want – Sinzel at second base instead of India? Are they gonna send India down? I mean, what no. you, you know what I mean? I I just don't see how it solves any issues. It
2: doesn't matter. Sinzel be injured within the first twelve innings, anyways.
1: As the red season has turned from the six and one start they had, Naquin has also turned. He is no longer the Naquin that we saw at the beginning of the
3: season. So what happened to your boy, Clay? So, I was kind of riding my high horse after I kind of wrote and told you all about how Naquin would make an impact as a non-roster invitee. And he did make an impact. He actually, his stats, if the season ended today, his stats are good enough that it still counts as an impact. But similar to my Derek Dietrich take two or three years ago when I said he'd be a fan favorite, come in. That was my last success story. He flamed out too, so it's just kind of anytime I pick a non-roster guy that makes the opening day roster, they flame out. But um, yeah, Naquin has just kind of come back down to earth. I mean, his pace in the beginning of the year would never have been kept up with. You know, he's not a 40, 50, 60 home run guy like he was. He was he was on pace for two hundred. Uh, yeah, so he's not a two hundred. I know that this is breaking news. Tyler Naquin will not hit two hundred home runs but in his he's career. A good He's a solid fielder. Wish you told he's, me that. you know, he's a veteran. He's he doesn't do anything spectacular, but he does nothing bad necessarily. Like he's not the world's best pure hitter, but I still would rather have him than Aquino, even though Aquino's not in the equation right now. Wish you would have told me
2: that before I spent a hundred dollars on his rookie card.
3: On Aquino's rookie card?
2: No, Naquin.
3: I don't believe you. <laughs> He need spend, a financial advisor, Ed. <laughs> he needs he needs
0: a shrink if he's spending a hundred dollars on Tyler Noqueens. Nokeens. Whatever Vado pronounced it and then Stonks. Oh god. No, that's not a stonk. card are is just
2: a, like stonks.
0: Not nope. a Tyler Naquin rookie card, Ed. For sure. A hundred dollars? I hope you didn't actually do that.
2: No, but I almost did. It was a 10. It was a PSA 10.
1: All right, so a uh, new question that we have here. Let's get back on track. Um, Nate Productions asks, do you think there's a chance that Jose Garcia gets called up soon? And as you're talking about that, I think we should also address the largest elephant in the Reds' clubhouse, which is Suarez at the plate. Not even just in the in the field, which we already knew there was going to be issues there in the field, as it's him playing out of position. But him at the plate, the hell's going on here, Clay?
3: Yeah. So let's, I, Nate. I think is asking this question because of what you said, Aaron. Because of Suarez's kind of inability right now to play at an MLB level. Um, Anywhere. We all knew he would not be a good shortstop. That move was simply based off of offense. And in a way, you can kind of wrap your mind around it. I was never a fan of Suarez moving to short. I never thought it would be a good idea. His defense has been miserable. Probably the worst defensive shortstop I've seen in my lifetime for the Cincinnati Reds. And honestly, his bat has been so bad that it's not making it worth it right now. Um, I don't think he'll, you know, hit like this all year long. There's just too much evidence showing that he, he's not this type of player. But when you move positions to probably one of, if not the most difficult position in the field, like you have to put a lot of focus on that. It's going to take up a lot of your time. And um, I think that's hurting him, honestly. And hopefully he bounces back. Seems like just way too nice of a guy, far too much of a talent to slump like this for the whole year. Um, And it has been kind of 2020 was kind of a struggle too. Um, In terms of Jose Garcia... I saw him three times at the alternate side, and he did not look good at all. Um, His defense looked good, which has never been a question. His offense was just not consistent. And I've seen video of him um, on Base Machine on Twitter. He's a great follow. Put out a nice video of him from, I think, just this week. And his swing looked much better than what I saw three weeks ago. His swing looked awful. I have a video on my Twitter of it, and it did – didn't, wasn't complete swing. It was choppy. He wasn't getting any results. I mean, I'm not joking when I said every other pitch he swung and missed. I mean, it was that bad to the point that I, who used to be super high on Jose Garcia, was like, "Oh, this is the future shortstop." Am now kind of like, "Whoa, wait up! What is this? This does not look like the same guy." Now I'm not going to base his entire future off of three alternate site games that I saw but it definitely raised some eyebrows. Um, 23 years old, did not look good in the MLB last year, had never hit above high A ball. I won an entire year in the minors for Jose Garcia. I do not care at this point. They would take a lot of injuries for it to make sense for me, for him to be called up. Um, even if everyone got injured, um, this is another little bit of breaking news. The Reds cannot go out and sign Christian Colon. He was picked up today by the Toronto Blue Jays. So Christian Colon cannot be the savior of shortstop. I know everyone was wondering that, but I think Jose Jose Garcia is not in the plans for 2021, honestly. I mean, it would take a monumental turnaround. And I think people kind of knew that after seeing him last year and then all of the struggles of Suarez, kind of a knee-jerk reaction, people say. And this happens all the time. I see it all the time. People on Twitter Say, oh my gosh, we need a bullpen guy. They go to Red's top 30 prospects. Find a guy who is listed as ETA, which they put on their website. It's like at, you know the estimated time of arrival for 2021. Oh, that guy needs to be called up. Absolutely not how it works. So just finding the first shortstop that the Reds have in the organization calling them up will not solve any problems at all.
0: Are you saying that the Reds made a mistake by saying that they were getting rid of relievers to free up some money to go get a shortstop.
1: Can we talk about that for a second, though? $114 million is what the Reds made in gross revenue last year. Do you want to know why Castellini?
2: Look it up, Ed. You can Google $114 million. No, I'm just saying you're about to do some math and I'm about to be fucking lost. Well, I'm not going to do math. Because Achoo. I didn't want to do that
1: to you. I know, you such a poop mouth.
2: Sorry. Oh God. Golly. People pissed me off this week. I'm sorry.
1: I, I guess. Goodness. I'm just a drink. Gracious. So, $114 million. The problem and why Castellini doesn't want to spend money is because, just like the rest of us, he too was affected by COVID. The difference is, he's paying for things like private yachts and boats and extra homes so he's not poor the reds made
2: six the the 16th most amount of revenue in all of baseball last year they're not poor he can supplement that income by putting his yacht on um for sale
0: below deck (laughs) for sale we're not going down the below deck why do you need a yacht on the
2: ohio river i don't know it's not on the ohio get out of here
1: but my
0: point is Don't cry
1: poor when we can actually, in two minutes, Google how much the team made and then turn around and be like, uh, if you're 90 and about to die and you're trying to put money away because, you know, you might die and COVID, just sell the team.
3: Yeah, and I know that this is not news to anybody, but the way that, you know, you can get rid of your GM, you can get rid of your manager, you can get rid of your first baseman, Usually, the way you get rid of an owner is by them dying. They're typically not going to fire themselves. Or, and you know, that what's going on in Colorado right now? Their GM, who traded their franchise cornerstone player, what, three months ago to the Cardinals, just agreed to leave on mutual terms. Like, imagine that. You allow them to make a trade like that, and then, like, why? Because they have crappy ownership, and why does nobody ever win? You know the rockies have never won their division like they're just like no one wants to you know when you have a bad owner you're not going to attract the best people in the business because they're the best people in the business aren't that stupid typically you know it's until ownership changes i wouldn't expect huge changes but in credit and a lot of people forget this or choose not to talk about it you know last not this offseason, but the one prior was the most money the Reds have ever spent in free agency and they brought in names and they You know, they did make some moves. Now, were they the right moves? You know, time, the jury's kind of still out. Time will tell on that. But it's not like the Reds are just cutting payroll and not, you know, bringing anyone in at all. I know this offseason was different, and there's tons of excuses as why I'm not making any. I'm just saying it's not like, you know, they haven't shown in the past five years that they're willing to spend. Right, right.
1: So Evan says Freddie Galvis is currently a better player than e- Eugenio Suarez.
3: You know what's funny? I saw on my fantasy baseball app that like I was looking at players who were recently getting picked up, and Freddie Galvis's name came up, and I was just cracking up. Like, can you imagine picking up Freddie Galvis like for your fantasy baseball team? That just sounds miserable. But he has been playing pretty well. It's, I mean, this is typical Freddie Galvis. I don't want to take up too much of the show talking about him, but. He plays well at times. He's a good glove. This is why he keeps getting on new teams because other teams see the same thing that we're seeing and say, oh, yeah, wow, you know, maybe we should bring him in, and then it's disappointing.
2: <laughs> Who Who's going to buy the Reds? So, like, if if, if if the Reds were for sale, who's going to buy the Reds? Are we gonna get, are we in the same situation? Charlie we Sheen. With, well, okay, Charlie Sheen would be, you know, an awesome thing to do. But are we going to be in the same situation that we were with, uh you know, Bearcats, where we only look at Cincinnati people to invest in the in the Reds, or do we hope Mark that somebody Cuban. like Mark Cuban, my guy, Mark Cuban, buys in on the Reds and spends some money?
1: I hope he does it with DodgerCoin.
3: Well, what, Ed, Ed, hey, if you hey, ever hey, sell hey, your Tyler hey, hey. Quinn rookie card, you could buy the Reds. Okay, I didn't buy that.
2: I'm, I'm, like I said, right now I'm on the search for a Randy Pofo uh, card, but. Aaron, don't don't talk about that Dogecoin because I have lost lot no, no, this no. week.
3: We're not going there. Yeah.
2: Thanks for stopping <laughs> that, Clay. I appreciate <laughs> you.
1: So, Clay, put on your GM hat for no, a second.
2: No, but hold on. No, but who who's going to buy the Reds?
1: PNG.
0: Look, if the I, Reds I come, I have no up answer today,
3: to that. Ed, I don't. I don't have a list of multi billionaires in front of me. I mean. If Emilio the Reds come up for sale,
0: if the Reds come up for sale, there will be plenty of people looking to buy the Cincinnati Reds.
2: We could start a Patreon account and buy the Reds. They went
0: they went up something like
1: 325, I think Castellini's bought in at like 325 million and they're up over a bil- they're valued up over a yes. billion dollars Yeah, He point. has yeah. Like, I
2: Again, don't cry, don't cry poor. Like that's such but in Major League Baseball is that poor? Like look at the contracts that people are getting. Like, they are like... not poor. Right.
1: The it's all in the TV contracts. And baseball blacks everybody out. So you still everyone's paying to watch baseball, but no one can watch baseball. None of it makes any sense.
2: <laughs> I can't watch baseball.
1: <laughs> well, that's that's a you problem.
2: Uh, but apparently I'm getting the NFL network. Woohoo.
1: Ta- Time Warner has it.
2: There's no Time Warner anymore. It's <laughs> called Spectrum.
3: Ed, you just need to be an adult and use an illegal website like the rest of us. But I don't know what those illegal websites are. I'll DM you twenty-three of them. Could you do that before ten <laughs> o'clock so I can watch the game? Yes, I'll do it right now.
1: Send them. Send him <laughs> links to, be to be fair,
3: I, my my bolo kit, which hey, is the If you guys best send RRT, me a link, to some and, dudes and only and fans Twitter is kind enough to send me several.
2: If you guys send them only me-
1: fans links.
2: Yeah, let's not do this again. I'm not going back to Christina's wedding. <laughs> Only two of us in the room So happen then. So can we move on past
1: the owner's selling? Because they're not going to do that until Castellini dies.
2: I, I'm calling yeah. it right now. It's going to be Emilio Estevez, Nick Lachey. All right, so yes, we're moving and... on. All right, so Clay, what the f- put,
1: your, put your GM hat on for a second. Nick Lachey doesn't have any money, a billion dollars. He was going to buy Come into on, the man. weed. Anyway, okay, so put your GM hat on and tell me what kind of moves you'd be making. I mean, I'm not even talking about moves that you're trying to do as we get closer and closer to you know the trade deadline or anything like that, but even just now to try and inject a spark into a team that where you have you know Stevenson hitting well, both catchers for that matter hitting well, a Castellanos hitting well. India at times is, is, you know, hitting well, and, and then he slumps for a second. Then you, you see him take take one off the helmet
3: and it puts something into him. It's pretty wild. but Yeah, I don't think that there's a ton of, and I don't, you know, a lot of people look at the trade deadline to add and acquire talent, to uh, improve a team. That's not always the case. And I think for the Reds this year, their trade deadline moves, if you will, would be calling up. A Nick Lodolo, maybe. You know, that's where they're going to add their talent, I would imagine. I don't see them making any big moves. They're not going to get Trevor Story. They're not going to do anything like that. Um, I mean, minor moves, maybe. I don't really know. It's still... You know, what's funny is all the teams that we thought would be these sellers and have these random, vet, you know, vets to trade off are playing pretty well, actually. Um, I mean, you like have, the like, Pirates? the Royals. The first-place Royals, like... What's going on there? You know what I mean? There's like, so it's it's been kind of a bizarre uh, sort of theory and it's always too early to say, you know, they need to target this guy, but maybe, you know, obviously a bullpen arm could be somebody they target. Like I said, you can usually get those fairly cheap for what they are. Um, you wait, you'll probably find someone you can take a flyer on, which is what the Reds always do on the waiver wire. Um, other than that, I mean, obviously shortstops, but again, what does that solve? I mean, what are you going to do? Are you going to move India to the bench? I wouldn't. I don't want – I've said this from the very beginning. Jonathan India needs to be getting every day at-bats, and I do not care if it's in the MLB or AAA. He just has to get every day at-bats. So if you move – you bring in a shortstop or you think it's a starter, then you move Suarez back to third, and you go back to the 2020 lineup – Okay, whatever, but India needs to be getting everyday at-bats. That's bottom line. Um, they're going to have other, you know, Shogo's coming back, and everyone's kind of rode off Shogo because it's the easiest thing to do. When a player starts the year off injured, everyone kind of forgets about them because they haven't seen him play in, what, 300 days, you know? So, uh, <laughs> my, Shogo my played swear so well something. the last month, last year. He's going to come back, and he's a, he's a really good outfielder, he can get on base. He can bat in leadoff if they wanted him to. Or, you know, they tried that experiment by putting Winker in the two-hole and batting Dinos to get somebody on base in front of Winker, um, which I haven't seen enough of If I agree with it. I kind of want Winker in the leadoff personally. But, um, you know, this team isn't down and out ruined or anything. They're still putting up runs, just not in, you know. I, I just think it really changed people's. Uh, like perspective once they got off to that hot start. And that was just not not realistic. And people should, should just. I just realized Jeff's name is Clay Snowden Stan. <laughs> Thank you, Jeff. But yeah, the Reds, I mean, I don't think they're as bad. I don't think they're going to make any huge deadline moves, if, if that's kind of what you're asking. And who are they going to trade? Anyone that you trade, right? And this is kind of the harsh truth. If you. For somebody who wants to trade Suarez, you want to trade moves, and you kind of want to do rebuild. Okay, well, you uh, Castellanos needs to be traded if that's the case, because he could walk. So, if you're going to do the rebuild, then you have to trade the players you like too. And who can you get the most out of any player? I'm not. I do not suggest this at all. I think this is a terrible idea. But if you're going to do the rebuild thing, then you have to trade Jesse Winker. He brings back the most value. That's, that's I mean, I'm just saying, and, and this is my thing, and I know you're saying that's crap, and I agree it is, but these people who are saying to do a rebuild, that that's what a rebuild is. But we've done so
2: many rebuilds. Why do we do another rebuild?
3: I don't, I could not agree more. I, I'm, I'm speaking about the people who are, you know, I see it every single day. Oh,
2: yeah, those people on Twitter um, can – well,
3: that it's it's cause, it's because we never did a rebuild the right
1: way. You That's have to right. to do a full rebuild. Re- rebuild. You have to break everything all the way down, which means trading everyone and going through misery as the Pittsburgh Pirates. Instead, he's, we just kind of half-ass it and don't scared. trade.
0: Or look at the way the Astros did it.
1: Oh well, yeah, but we never traded like your Jay Bruce, your Brandon Phillips, your like everyone we should right. have. We only half asked it because they didn't want to trade away the really? hometown like the, the guys that came up through the system because another what, thing what that is people the- aren't
3: realizing about it is, you know, it takes so much longer. I feel like a lot of people think, you know, a lot there's NBA fans, there's NFL fans out there. Rebuilds in the NFL can happen quicker because when you draft somebody, they enter the NFL within probably two years, maybe three years of their prime. Okay, you're drafting adults. Okay, Fernando Tatis is now kind of breaking in as, you know, a legit player. He signed in 2015. It takes a long time for these players because they get drafted or signed, you know, from international funds, and it takes a very long time, especially when the Reds are drafting, and I'm not saying this is a bad thing, but they're drafting, you know, the Austin Hendrick, who's a high school outfielder, you know, that, that guy's not going to impact for years, and that's just kind of part of it. It's not a good or bad thing, but it's just something that people have to understand. Rebuilds in baseball are nothing like rebuilds in the NBA. They're nothing like rebuilds in the NFL. They're more similar to rebuilds in hockey. But you know, that that's I just think people get the idea, especially when they see Bengals are in this rebuild mode. They all get in their rebuild minds of how to turn a team around. And I mean, hell, we know the Bengals don't know how to turn a team around, but you know, the Reds. Shut, shut your mouth, Clay. Yeah, you you don't say that. We have Joe Burrow. Oh, I forgot. Yeah, Joe Burrow. I like Joe Burrow. I'm not. I'm not. Talking you you Tyler live in Kentucky.
1: Boy. You don't even have a football team,
3: Clay. Yeah. you Yeah. Yeah. We, um, you have the River Monsters. Yeah, we, we don't have any professional sports.
0: Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Hey, you yeah. got the Florence. You got the Florence, y'all's.
3: I want to Florence um, Y'all's hat.
0: That's semi-pro I, ball.
3: I was yeah. It's like so. Th- for those who don't know, that little stadium you pass if you're driving to Cincinnati from the Louisville Lexington area it's is UC the how baseball stadium. team, which is like here's MLB, AAA, A, AA, Single A, Single A, Rookie League. Then there's like mud and crap and clay, and then there's like Pioneer League, and it's like below all that. It, it, it's just like not. It's it's what? something else, but what yeah, that that's what we have. They technically get paid to play, so it's professional. What
2: league is are the Traverse City Pit Spitters in?
0: What? Traverse <laughs> City,
2: you mean? Traverse City Pit Spitters.
0: <laughs> I couldn't tell you.
2: Hey, that's a good baseball game. I went to their championship game in 2018, 2019, Hey, that's a good game I bought a hat
0: good okay <laughs> so yeah so the All the right. whole rebuild thing is is not something that I think a lot of people understand uh, like clay alluded to that you know you're not gonna you're not gonna torch what you have and in two years be you, you know vying for a World Series it's gonna to to be back
3: off that if you trade your Mooses and your Suarez and whatnot, you're not, everyone thinks, oh, trade these guys and we're going to get top 50 prospects and our team will be good. Nobody wants Moose's contract at that age. No one was willing to pay him before the Reds. He was getting one year deal after one year deal. He's a good player. He's not someone that's going to return these, like, you know, franchise changing prospects. And all of these players, you know, that they could trade. I hate to say it this, way, but like a lot of the free agents that they signed... We're free agents, and other teams had a chance to get them. And the Reds may have paid more, but if the other teams really wanted them so bad that they're trading top two prospects for them, they would have just signed them two years ago. So I don't see like the return being something that's like overwhelming to the point that you consider doing it.
1: No, that's where you'd have to trade your Winkers, to trade your uh, you know,
0: Castillo. Your Hunter Greens. You got, like, I mean... India,
3: yeah, and that's why, and that's my point. It's not, it's not something that should happen.
2: They are the north in the Northwoods League. Thank you. <laughs> we should go to a game. No. Oh my God. You guys remember that uh, minor league team that changed their name to the Fighting Macaronis or whatever it was?
1: I don't know. I was playing MLB the show tonight, and I had to play against the uh, Rocket City Trash Pandas.
3: Yeah, that I beat them.
0: That is an awesome name. I beat them. That's an awesome name.
2: Is that
3: what they call the Astros?
0: I'm not sure, but
2: I'm, I know. <laughs> I what... get it. I get it. Thanks, man. Uh, I get it because of the track I... Come on, you guys, get with it. I'm.
1: I just. I made exactly. myself a shortstop coming up through the Reds organization. I'm I a shortstop guys... too.
2: I'm. I'm playing for Louisville. Who are you playing for?
1: I'm. I only just started, so I'm still in Chattanooga. <laughs> It's it's the new one. I had can't imagine industry?
3: a world where you'd have a difficult time skipping over Ed to the MLB though?
2: That's <laughs> so. If you go to my Twitch page, um, which no, is, I think it's we're, we're not promoting
3: your Twitch page.
2: It's up there. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh, come on, Clay! You even love that 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 uh, that. Whatever.
1: I right? love how Clay just told you what we're doing and not doing. <laughs> On our podcast.
2: Screw the Astros. Oh. Thank you.
0: <laughs>
1: all right, have we uh have we asked all of the questions that we have for Clay tonight?
0: Um,
2: no. <laughs> Clay, for the next episode, I want you to to create a list of the. T- no, you you can do this for the. You can do this. a you can do an article for the website that we don't ever update. Uh, but top ten. Minor league baseball team names.
3: Okay, I'll even write re- like reasonings for it. And you have to put the pit spitters in
2: there somewhere.
0: No one wants the. Pit but you can't. Spitters. You can't tell him to come up with a top ten list and then tell him what names to put. What in. if
3: I rank every? How about if I rank them all one to one? You know, three hundred and seventy-five.
1: I think you should definitely do that. If you do that, if you. But only come out with one a
0: day for the next year.
2: Yeah, if
1: you absolutely do,
2: not. if
1: you no. do
3: that,
2: we have twelve dollars and fifty cents in our show. And account. you need the you
0: league. need the pull. You need to find a highlight from each one that really epitomizes that minor league team. You know, you could do it a la the the Nick Kirby like Reds lead up to the season.
3: Hey, I do want to talk about how awesome that was. That video, oh. you know, it's on YouTube. If people have not seen it, it's like three hours and forty four minutes of the reds top 100 games since 1995 and it's he put them all together literally flawless like if here's my plan if i watched it on opening day now my plan is i just keep it on my youtube watch later list and anytime there's a rain delay i just fill my red slotted amount of time for that night with nick Herbie's incredible reds video
0: what is his what's his twitter handle let me see. Nick here. Kirby. I'm sure
3: everyone follows him at this point, right?
0: I mean, they should. If they don't, I hyped that up like all offseason. I mean, it was it was one of those at things where Nicholas like
3: Nicholas P. Kirby, K. I. R. B. Y. We Aaron dropped
2: in the group chat not too long ago that there's a spotting of the banana phone. I meant to share this with you guys. One of my favorites. It is a banana phone signed by Marty Brenneman.
3: Okay, that is incredible.
2: I sat in the parking wow. lot of the stadium, waiting for Marty to pull up in his Mercedes Benz, probably sponsored by Montgomery Mercedes, and and asked him to sign this. This is if I could get Adam Dunn to sign the other side, you know, that'd be great. As Adam from Milwaukee.
0: There, I put I put uh, Nicholas's uh, Twitter handle it, at Nicholas P Kirby with the C H. In the middle of Nicholas there, uh, but yeah, he he put a, he put together the Reds' top hundred games, and it is well worth your time it, during a rain delay, as Clay suggested, to sit down and pull it up on YouTube. Um, hey. A, <laughs> but yeah, he I mean he did a great job putting it together. Put in a uh, Winker just led the game off with a home run. Let's go. Where are these links?
2: Hey, check your DMs. DMs. My direct messages? On Twitter. I'm. Oh, I'm in the PTP one. Sorry.
0: Do, 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 burn. That was a bomb. There we go, baby. What is Wait, this? All right, the day off. Me?
2: What? I don't know. I'm confused. I'm scared to click on this.
1: I feel like every time you've talked tonight, someone else has been talking, and I haven't heard anything that you've said.
2: That's actually absolutely what has happened tonight. I've had some great one-liners tonight, and they've just been talked over. Yeah, no, just find your hole. I found a hole. People keep talking over me. They're already talking. No, that's not true.
0: Clay, is, is, a, that that, uh, is that Is that wa- that that uh, that water that you? Hype up all the time. The polar seltzer water.
3: Hey, if you know, you know.
2: If you know, you know. I got. I'm out of. I'm out of polar, so I had to switch to aha tonight. But the polar. Hey, treat
3: yourself to polar brand. The polar Uh,
2: brand black cherry just makes me feel like I'm drinking a white claw. Uh, (laughs) but I'm allowed to because I'm working at the same time. It's great. I appreciate you pulling me onto that.
3: Yeah, this is sponsored by Polar. This podcast. (laughs) Oh, what if we? Oh, can we try? Feel free, shoot your shot. You're the
1: marketing guy. Let's go. All right. All right. Anybody got anything for Clay? Can we let him go watch the game with his lovely new
2: fiance? Does she want to come on and say one last word?
3: No.
1: No. Probably not. She's good. (laughs) Why are you looking at the corner?
0: (laughs) Love, there wasn't even there wasn't even chance for an answer.
1: Yeah. Clay, no Clay hesitation.
0: Was like, Clay was like, no, I'm leaving. I need to crack another <laughs> polar ice water to go watch the Reds.
3: Yeah, an ice cold polar seltzer water sponsored ad. That, strawberry?
1: We're, we're not sponsored. very Lime, the goat. Alright, no. well, Clay, thank you for your time. As always, we do appreciate you joining us here and all of our shenanigans topped off by one <laughs> Ed Mayhall.
2: He decided to create a Stan account this weekend.
1: There you go, talking all over people again.
2: I was talking first. <sighs> I'm bye, sorry, Clay. Clay. Go ahead. Goodbye.
1: Congrats again. Thank Congrats, you. sir. Oh, bye, buddy.
2: what did I do?
0: You you found a you found a hole earlier, and then you dropped an f bomb, a massive (laughs) f bomb.
2: Hey, we are rated explicit. It's okay.
0: Good. What are we going into now, Aaron? God, I feel like
1: we should hang it up at this point. But
2: (laughs) I mean, the Uh, rest we haven't talked. Come on, you you do your thing. Do your thing. I'll be right back.
1: We haven't talked about coach yet and Cincinnati has hired coach Wes Miller who has hired his assistants. He hired Mike Roberts from Indiana. He hired, um, gosh, who was, uh, the guy from Andre Morgan. Thank you. That was the name that I could not come up with off the top of my head here. Mm-hmm. Uh, As I was struggling. And then today we saw uh, another name kind of get dropped in uh, Chad Dollar from Georgia, which has been alluded to as the, uh, the, the swinging for the fences higher as he uh, he's recruited, you know, the number one overall draft in, uh, in what this year's draft Mm -hmm. last year's draft. Yes, sir. And, uh, what's his name? Anthony Edwards, I think.
0: Is that his name? I think, I think that's the name. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, I mean, when you look at a guy like, uh, was it Mike Roberts, right? The guy that they brought from Indiana, who mm-hmm. was previously on West Miller's staff at UNCG, mm-hmm. uh, who was, I guess, credited with doing a lot of the recruiting work there, uh, mm-hmm. which seemed to have been pretty successful. Um, obviously, we're looking at a, You know, a different league, um, necessarily. But you know, if you can recruit, you can recruit. As far as I'm concerned, Mm -hmm. Uh, it shows that you can connect with the kids, which obviously is something that uh, the previous the previous group potentially had issues with, as we Um, didn't have a
1: recruit all year,
0: all year. Um, I did, I did hear it something um, that the uh, the strength and conditioning coach might be coming back.
1: That's that's what uh,
0: is being kicked around as uh, uh, some rumblings. And then, um, so... Uh, there's obvi- a monster factory? Some-
1: yes, Ed, the monster factory.
0: <laughs> Man! So, uh, I- I've heard some of those things uh, pop up, and then, um, which would, you know, that would be good. I did also see via Chad Brendel on his Twitter that apparently there are some talks uh, between Wes and Dermar Johnson to try and find a, uh, an opening on the staff to uh, to get him in there, which obviously we've talked about uh, ad nauseum over the last, you know, Month, almost five, uh, almost six five weeks. months of like, hey, we're going to need to like get, get some changes in here, maybe get some guys on the staff. Previously, it was like, hey, Brandon might need to upgrade his staff by putting some of these guys on there, and then it bounced around to obviously what it is now where a hey, west miller might want to look at some of these guys and he was very open about that whenever he when he was hired um you know via some of the reporting that came out of like the zoom call it was like look i'm not against hiring anybody that wants to put together a resume and put it in front of me and i'll look at it and i'll evaluate it and see if we can make something work um and i think that's the right way to go about it it doesn't alienate um you know anybody from being able to have their fair shot at, at getting a spot on the staff, and if they bring in Darma Johnson, obviously we know he's been spoken of highly by several of the people that we've talked to. I mean Leonard Stokes brought him up when we had him on the uh, on the podcast a few weeks ago, and uh, that could be good. I hope that I hope something comes of that.
1: Well, and at the I, end of the day, the uh, the alumni that I've talked to have basically said, you know, whether on the mic or off the mic. Uh, just that they want the alumni voice to be heard. They want to feel like they actually matter to the administration. They well, want to feel like they have, you know, not just contributed while they were here, but can continue to do so both with their, with their time and their dollars. And right mm-hmm. now they don't feel like they're really being given the opportunity to do so simply because they don't necessarily feel 100% welcome on campus.
2: Question, what alumni have you talked to?
1: I'm not gonna reveal sources. That's okay. the All most right. ridiculous thing
2: <laughs> But I but I also saw that um friend of the show Melvin Levitt was submitting his application today.
1: I also saw that, yes.
2: Yeah.
1: Sorry, um, I don't mean to try and like belittle you or anything. It's just I would not that's why there's sources. I mean This is this whole I show, can't,
2: fine. <laughs> it's fine. <so laughs>
0: no.
2: it I'm just here for comical relief. It's a sea turtle on my TV.
0: But, uh... So, I mean, yeah, obviously there haven't been any... like It, it does seem a little bit... I, I am a little bit suspect of the fact that it seems that everybody that he's brought in so far have been former players at UNCG. But they did make the tournament last year. Um, so, you know... You've Their gotta, Ken Palm... Ken Palm was also higher.
3: Uh,
0: uh, I, look, here, here's the thing. Before he got here... We had four guys on the team. Well, I guess it came out that we actually did have five scholarship players because I guess Rob Banks was put on scholarship. From from my understanding, he has
1: a scholarship that could potentially be revoked should they need the scholarship Um, because that did come up last night when we were talking with Chad. Um, But I also understand that Wes Miller gave him the scholarship.
0: Okay. Or, I don't
1: know. I don't believe that was a, a Brandon last hurrah
0: on his way out the door. Okay. Um, so, no okay. Memories. So so we've got we've you know he came in you know he had basically uh, a starting five of a bare cupboard. So yeah. Yeah. So he he had he had to do what he had to do to, to fill some spots. I mean, I, I'm not saying by any means that these kids that he's bringing in aren't going to be able to play or contribute or, or do good things. They um, look like scrubs um, at it, all was it mcginnis i think was AJ? like a 50 a 53 percent three-point shooter or some crazy nonsense like that wasn't so, he ranked ahead
2: yeah. of uh
0: i don't know it just happened
1: uh, did you, you pull your cord out yep i we yeah, lost yeah. We, we lost ed's audio um so, i believe i believe you're talking about the four star that was ranked ahead of tari Hensley, yes, I think that's I think that's, that's, who, he, he I think that's who he was referring to.
0: Yeah, he was heading towards he was heading towards talking about uh, somebody uh, being ranked higher than somebody. Yeah. I, I think it, it's safe, it was Hensley. Safe to assume Hensley a, over Tari. It was a it was one of those um, there was a comparison that was put out there that if Hensley had come here, he would have been the fifteenth highest ever recruit to come to Cincinnati, which was currently occupied by Tari. Um, well.
1: People are t- starting to get a little worried well, about the fact that, hey, we heard you. Am I
2: back? That's, am I back?
1: You're yeah, back. Yeah.
2: Woo! Yeah. Let's go, baby.
1: Huh? It again. <laughs> 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 Woo! Did you did you want to finish that thought? Where were we correct in our assumptions? He was ranked higher than pesos. Yes. Well, so we were right, Aaron. His name is not.
0: It's Tari, or just singular peso. Peso. I'm beginning Uh, to think that that's not seltzer water that Ed's drinking.
2: Not right here. It's not.
0: Oh Jesus! Uh, So we were correct. Yes. So what what were you going into to talk about? There's some worries that some folks are.
1: Oh, so so we're a little guard happy, and you know, with with AJ McGinnis, he is. A younger kid, you know, he's not, you know, say say we get like a. I know people are still pretty pretty excited that we're being mentioned in the same breath as you know a Gonzaga, a UCLA, a North Carolina, and uh, who's the f- the fourth team that I'm not remembering off top? Oh, Kentucky. Kentucky. Um, as as we are still in contention for C.J. Frederick. <laughs> we're not C.J. C.J. Frederick. C.J. Frederick would be coming in as a senior. Should. Cincinnati actually be able to make that move. Mm. Whereas AJ McGinnis is, you know, significantly younger coming in as a sophomore. So, you know, the, the roster at this point, you see what, 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 uh, coach Miller's doing as he continues to bring in both, you know, some of your older guys like the, uh, Hayden, uh, the center, um, from, from UNCG. Doval. Covel. Aiden Koval uh he's gonna be a senior at this point um a, a I, shot blocking big guy and but also the uh the other guard um
0: Newman John Newman yes yeah uh, he was he he's technically what a Clemson transfer correct technically he was because I guess what he was gonna go to UNCG?
1: going to go to unCG okay. right And, you know, we were talking about it again. We were talking about it last night. Credit to Brent Young for looking up the stats. But he was talking about the fact that I had brought up that you could potentially compare him to Keith Williams. And he actually looked up the stats, and their first two years are almost identical on some of the the stats that they had with points per game and uh, some of their percentages and what have you. So, uh, you know, coach is doing what he can to put a team together. You also have to consider, um, you know, we we've heard it from numerous people. I told you, Fast and Furious is happening outside my apartment. We, I'm sorry. Can we, get, can we get
2: something like can we, whatever. What, what? Can you can you call someone like,
0: hey, there's no, racing uh, going
2: on outside my window.
0: Nope, that can't It can't happen. It doesn't stop. Ever. Continue, continue Aaron.
1: <laughs> so you know we we've heard it from people like you know, as as we have seen Coach going through and re-recruiting players who were on the team. You know, I, I think Chad went on about a five-minute diatribe last night about it. It's just the fact that Coach has to be careful about who he's bringing in to not scare the players back off that he's already recruited in.
0: That's impressive.
1: Um, it's unreal. Are but that, I mean, that—that that, that, that,
0: that is a very real, like, uh, that is a very real thing to, like, you know, you've gone out, you, when you first got here, you went and you made what is kind of a big splash by going out and getting the, I say big splash, but I just mean like, obviously you brought back two of the three that were on their, on the outs that were already like, Hey, I'm out of here. Um, and you were able to get them to come back in there and they're guys that, that the fan base, you know, supported. And enjoyed having on the team, and they were they had their bright spots and their bright moments, and uh, showed potential. Uh, so you get those guys back, and then you start bringing in guys that kind of do what they do, and it's like you don't want to, you don't want to push Rock the your... boat, yeah. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's, I don't know what's happening uh, out there. If it's not so your yeah, internet I mean, connection,
2: it's racing. It, I don't
0: but I think we're at a point now where obviously if Frederick were to say like, yep, I'm coming to Cincinnati, obviously you don't tell him no. Um, but Correct. they, they do need to, you know, probably look at shoring up, uh, some, some bigs you've got, you've, you've got what Lockin and, and then Koval, right. That, that's that's who we uh, have That are I know
1: I saw some people debating it earlier today, and <laughs> I saw some people debating it earlier today on Twitter, saying that Jeremiah Davenport wasn't a four. Um, I think they forget already how often he played at the four last year, in you know just as Tari was running at the five. Now, while while that's not ideal, uh, it's still something that I. I also saw Jeremiah Jeremiah Davenport mentioned at six, five, I believe he's six, seven, he was about as tall. He he was just shorter than, than Tari. So I don't know if it was because he was like the catch and shoot guy standing around the, the arc, but you saw Davenport, I mean, he's not the the big guy. Who's going to bully somebody for a rebound. No. And again, it's not ideal for him to be at four, but it kind of depends on what kind of scheme coach is trying to run. Right.
0: Uh, we, so we we certainly can't. Uh, you don't want to talked, bank on that on yeah. him being your four. And I know we've talked about this in, in some other groups, but it's like you, know, you can't you can't be out there not being able to pull down rebounds and having guys like Scottie Pippen Jr. put up thirty points.
2: Well, we don't talk right about him. He declared for the NBA. <laughs> okay.
0: okay, well that's good. But you understand what I'm saying. <laughs> Man, it is crazy out there. I don't, I don't know how anyone is crossing the street right now. I'd be terrified. Yeah. Uh, those sound like motorcycles, though. So. Apparently, no, a dear. motorcycle but, my
2: son saw it today. Motorcycle uh, decided didn't want to wait for the kids to get off the bus today. You know, the little stop sign that comes out and decided to just go right through it today. My son, was he, he was upset about that.
1: Wish the guy would have gotten hit by the stop sign as it came out.
0: Yeah, he will be running by that. I so, laugh I mean, uh, he's probably got like what, maybe two, two to three more assistants he can bring on at this point. Uh, um, none of the guys are going to be able to
1: like his three. His main three are decided that are going to be the ones that will be re- traveling to recruit with him. Um, the other coaches aren't really going to be able to like even with Demar, If he's on staff, he's not going to be able to travel to recruit and what have you. He'd only be able to talk when they were on their like official visits. Um, so yeah. it is a little bit different. But again, you know, if you look at the resumes of the guys that he brought in, it's hard to argue that he's not making the right decisions here. Like, I right. can absolutely appreciate what he's done. And even a guy like Chris Lepore, who he brought from UNCG. He didn't get a bench job either. He's, you know, the uh, director of basketball operations.
0: Yeah. So, uh, he's doing good things there. I think we'll, um, you know, probably hopefully within the next week, everything will be at least rounded out there. Um,
1: and let's be honest, nobody was expecting us to compete for a national championship next year. So it's a matter of getting the rebuild going this year. I think he's making the right moves. He's, he's very conscientious of the staff that he's putting together and what the players want what the fans want what the alumni want and just trying to listen to everybody and it sounds like more so than than anyone in recent history and i'm including Mick Cronin in that conversation yeah. he's doing as much as he can to appease literally everyone and i don't know that we've seen someone try and do anything like well, this at cincinnati
0: i think i think i mean let's let's look back we've talked about this a lot, right? Since probably January. Mm-hmm. We've we've just gone on and on about what's going on at UC and it wasn't good. There were flashes. I mean, we talked about there's a light at the end of the tunnel, and then obviously <laughs> that got shut off, and then you know, we saw these we saw the, the the run and you can call it that the run that they made through the conference tournament. Uh, for each other, the, yeah. Uh, right for each other. Um but yeah, you, know, you, you saw that and then it all fell apart um, in a in a matter of like 72 hours and then there was this long drawn out investigation figuring out how we're going to get past this and start over and we and i said it myself we we were staring down the barrel of a self-imposed death penalty 45. on this team right i mean pretty much would, yes yeah. Like, do you absolutely. agree? Yeah? So you're, we're looking at that. And then some wheels started turning and they bring in Wes Miller, who obviously we discussed the fact that we weren't all like on board with that right off the jump. Um, and I think that was just ignorance. It was. It was 100% ignorance. Um, and we've all admitted to the fact that, I mean, you got to be able to admit to the fact when you're when you're making an ignorant call on something, and we did. Um, but he, he is, and I think he even was knowledgeable of the fact that he wasn't somebody that was on the top of the list for the, not even, not only the average Bearcat fan who probably still thought that Bob Huggins was going to come back, um, (laughs) but the Bearcat fans who put a little bit of investment in, in looking into things. Um, and then you've got guys obviously like uh, your Chad Brendels and things who he was probably on his list uh, yeah. from the start. Maybe no. not at the top, maybe not no. at the top of his, not list, even at the start,
1: not even at the start. He was not on his list at the start.
0: So yeah, he, he, I think he was knowledgeable of the fact that, you know, he needed to do some things to, to win the fan base over. And I think he did it pretty quick Well, uh, with, with at least the start. Like you're not, you're never gonna come in and immediately have the entire. But he came in. He's got a different way of going about things. Um, and and people, I think, instead of looking at this like uh, the Bearcats are gonna be a doormat. Um, okay, like yeah. Okay, so the Bearcats are. We could be competitive next year, and, mm-hmm. and you're not gonna. I don't think you're gonna lose season ticket holders over this. Um. At least, not any that have, you know, co- some consequence to it, um, and you can start the rebuild process. Like you said, bring some guys in that are going to be able to play competitive basketball, win some games, not get embarrassed, and and then from there you start your normal, you know, building, getting your guys that you getting guys in from high school. Some real recruits that you're not going to the portal to, to drag people in, right? And Because we've already discussed the fact that you can't build a a championship out of the portal. Are you all right, Ed? <laughs>
2: My last drink was a little strong.
0: Well, <laughs> no. no. good work, buddy. I was trying to play so, it off in the air and laughing. At yeah. I couldn't. He, I, here's my question I think, oh sorry go ahead you know we'll, we'll we'll get we'll get through next year we'll get through the next like month or so see what see where we where we land with uh you know we'll probably have a pretty good idea of who's gonna be on the team and um and know God, <laughs> and, and know a little bit about what we've got um you know obviously come come the fall and we'll be able to to hopefully beat Xavier at the very least, and um, and then be competitive in the AAC. So I do question. want to talk about...
2: Oh, fucking shut oh. up. You're a mute now. That's my question. What determines a successful season this year? Is it winning four or five games and beating Xavier, or do we have to make it to the tournament? And Aaron, you can come back now. Why do you have to drop another F-bomb again? <laughs> Because I'm trying to say something here and you keep interrupting me.
1: How many glasses of whiskey have you drank tonight?
2: That was rum.
1: All right.
0: Uh, That's two. Uh, I I mean, honestly, I think I think still we need to wait to see how the team rounds out. Yes. And then then make a judgment on what we think a successful season is. Well, because and, and I expectations
1: think will be different if
0: you have a C.J. Frederick as
1: opposed to if you don't have a C.J. Frederick.
2: Okay, that's fair. Agreed. So we're not getting C.J. Frederick. So what are your expectations without C.J. Frederick?
1: You still have to wait. There's still several scholarships to fill. I mean, my pipe dream right now is having Musa sise Yeah. That would be the biggest get that – I mean, literally, he fills a huge hole – as a big that can do everything that you need, but I don't see him leaving a Memphis to come to a Cincinnati rebuild, but I've seen stranger things happen. Like an, entire, like an entire fan base fall in love with a walk-on from North Carolina in the course of 12 days. Yeah, this is true. We and I wanted to bring play. up, before Ed put me on mute, Neil Slayton ran a poll Uh, He said that the initial reaction to his first poll that he ran when Coach was first hired was 92% positive for Wes Miller's hire, and I don't know how many votes that was based on, but as of tonight, 264 votes, and it's 97% positive. And I think that says everything. Like This fan base is immediately in love with everything that Coach is doing, and the question I want to pose to the two of you is, what's not to love at this point? Like, I don't think he's done anything wrong. I think he's made literally every decision the right way, and I think it's a testament to the people he's put around him as advisors, largely in, you know, Roy Williams and whoever else he has that he leans into
0: and just just being a smart man in general. And well, I mean, you know he, if you look at the way he came in, right, so he gets, he gets hired, all of a sudden his name pops to the top of the list, he gets hired, he comes in, the first thing he does is put together a Zoom call with alumni. Well, after which, his after his presser. Yes. Yep. That was he had to, during his presser had, his press his Oh yeah, you're right. Reduced, yeah, yeah, the press. It was the it was the day after because he came in on Thursday he and about yep, and had the Zoom call with everybody, left the Zoom call, got in a car, drove to Indianapolis or wherever in Indiana that Mike Saunders was. Saunders. Got him back on board. Came back down here. Went into his presser, right. and then halfway through his presser, we find out that Mike Mikey's Saunders back. is back. Yeah. Then there were some astute folks. One JT Smith in the in the seats there who spied Mason Madsen in full Bearcats gear. And I think we all knew we're in the
1: exclusive it. gear that nobody even knows where to find. Right. Well, because they don't sell it.
0: That's a different story well, that we know about. You see, not licensing anything. But then he leaves his presser, does his little interviews with everybody that he was going to do his interviews with, goes and still sits down with Mason Madsen by all reports and brings him, gets him back into the fold, and then goes and does his best to try and get Tari back by going across the country to sit yeah. down and have a talk with him. It didn't turn out in our favor. I don't think it ever was going to. And Marshawn Lynch. But he he gave it he gave he gave a, a good try at it. Got Dude, what back did you say, here. Ed. Huh? He also had dinner with Marshawn Lynch. Okay. Okay. And then so he comes back and then he gets the ball rolling right away. All while still like having a pretty good little social media presence. Hitting up Skyline Chili. Um and we know a lot of people that don't live in cincinnati or from cincinnati just don't like it but or get he, it right or understand it um so I, I think i think he was he was checking off all the right boxes and you know he didn't immediately say like eh, any of these any of these alumni guys like i've got my guys that i'm going to bring in these are the guys that i want it He actually like, went the
1: opposite way of that it and, was, and said it was i'm like, not hiring any of these guys as my co- i'm not bringing any of my coaches currently right. and making them
0: coaches it was Arms open, hey! And, and he said he just said he he really said all the right things. I know we talked about that in our little emergency podcasting that we've had, and um, but he he kind of hit all the right the right buttons and checked the right boxes, and uh, clearly has has made an impression across the fan base. Um, so I, which is good because I think he'll get some he'll get some leeway um, as far as success in his first year. What constitute set um honestly i think success is being able to field an entire team of actual college basketball players
1: yes i mean whether you can make it to see them in person play or not you have to adapt to the environment that you're given That's mm-hmm. a like and we were
0: going he was able to see all those kids play
1: because they were all at uncd <laughs> <laughs> but we were also in the middle well not one uh Newman. Uh, New- Newman was not, but you know, I mean, we're in the middle of a pandemic, Coach. Like, you're not going to be able to make it to see guys play. Sorry, you figure it out. Like, don't you have no
2: recruits? None. There were none. Hey, hey, wait. Well, no, we had we had that guy. Bryson Spell. Thank you, Bryson Spell. He could have recu- immediately. Who then immediately decommitted? Who he couldn't could- spell Cincinnati? He couldn't. Right, so oh, that's true. true. He could have been the next. Bobby Brandon. We don't know. No. We'll never know.
1: That's because no one gets barbed I mean, wire tattoos anymore.
0: I think we will you know never because tell you I mean, that he's story? still going to play college basketball somewhere. He's at Liberty. So we'll we'll know, you know, if Liberty's able to, I don't know what conference that is, but if they're able to, to win and make it to the tournament, maybe we'll see Bryson Spell. You know?
1: so. I, hope, I hope Coach puts Liberty on the schedule.
0: That would be great. <laughs> I don't want them on the schedule. <laughs> okay, who he, do you want on the schedule? He's I mean he's I, I want him to go put us against the big boys.
2: Do you think we get UNC on the schedule? Not UNCG, but UNC.
0: Potentially. I, I think I think they, they could probably work something like that. I don't know. I think, I, don't above, think... I think that's above I think that's they're above I think that's above they're not coming here. The I Tar Heels ab- aren't coming here. <laughs> I don't know. They might.
1: A little home and home.
0: I think that's a. I, I think that's above coaches' uh, call there. As far as I, that, I mean, he can probably I get feel, it worked out somewhere. I feel like our our arena isn't big enough to hold. Well, I mean, I,
1: I guess North Carolina is. I I don't know that their arena is very big either. Truthfully,
2: UNC
1: by comparison, um, I think their field houses, uh, both theirs and Duke's. I think they're both relatively uh, small.
2: 21,750.
1: And we're at what? 13? 13...
2: The new number is 13,176. Damn. I'm
1: good. I don't know. I don't know if we could... I mean, it'd for sure be a sellout, but I, I just wonder if the venue would be too small for them to make it worth it.
2: I
0: probably well was. I mean I, I, I think I think, you know, it, if they tried to get a home and home and you know, with him being here and obviously I think more so with you know, Roy Williams being kinda his his guy. His guy. Yeah. Or he's Roy Williams guy. Um I think I think they things could get worked out. Um hey, I'm more I'm more concerned about them working out uh a Jordan Brand deal.
2: What's the over-under on Aaron trying to... Roy Williams shows up to the first Bearcats game. The over-under on Aaron trying to get uh, Roy Williams' number.
0: Depends on how many winter trips I've had at that point in time.
2: I'm saying it's going to happen.
0: What? what, it, what it, what's the over-under on Ed betting Roy Williams he can eat, like... 20 cheese companies <laughs> to get him on the podcast obviously for like we know
2: i can't eat well like five
0: minutes just to maybe get on and say go bearcats
2: i'm sorry what did you guys do to try to get a to get a uh two-time all-star and a reds hall of famer on the podcast
0: he's
1: also on the new mlb the show
2: who is sean
1: sean casey mm-hmm.
2: all right i might have to buy it now
0: you won't it's free on xbox game pass um the new one? I'm still playing yeah.
2: Flashing Lights.
0: PlayStation made a deal with Sony made a deal with Microsoft on it. Um, deal with the
2: devil. I've been watching so, a, I've been watching a TV show on Paramount. I think that I think
0: that wraps up all of our Bearcats talk, and then we do soon have what, next is it next week? Next week what? Eh, Aaron <laughs>
1: what, what were you trying to say that you've been watching Ed?
2: We're trying to watch the battle of the game consoles on paramount sega versus nintendo
0: all right number one producer ed might not get the show up tonight when it's over. <laughs> we, we are drastically coming into the end of the show you can tell you that right now um, um
1: we do the have next- the draft the draft is on thursday uh we're gonna have to talk to our guys and see if they want to come back on on, on tuesday Ah, uh, because they did say it. that they wanted to do a a post game show, but I, I also to... know that Bengalorian has started his own podcast. Yeah, if you follow him on uh, on the Twitter, where uh, he. I like,
0: I he... like the. Uh, I was gonna say I like the uh, the little premise. idea that he, the, the premise behind his podcast. What is it? Show, I show that part. me, show me your stripes. He's gonna have like a a fan on each. Oh, I start. don't know if he's doing weekly or if he's doing kind of whatever he can, you know, get put out there. I know he's got. A regular real life job, um, yeah. He's outside the of being outside of being a bounty hunter for the Bengals, um, but he's got. It's kind of bring a fan on and then hear their story about how they became a Bengals fan, stayed a Bengals fan, that kind of thing. Hey, I don't um, have he, to
2: have um like a like I don't have to go through like police school or anything like that if I want to be a bounty hunter, right?
0: I don't. No, that's a that's a vigilante. Yeah, I don't. I don't think so. Ed. I don't think. Um, I
2: don't think, dog did. So I think I'm good.
0: Okay, um, but the Bangaloreans' first podcast, first episode is is out there. Um, so it's good. It's his. It's his story about how he became a.
2: What platforms is that on?
0: Currently, I believe it's only on Spotify. Yeah, I think it's just Spotify right now. Um, really? Is
2: it? He's but Spotify. you remember must be doing it through anchor yeah, you
1: remember was, how hard it was for us to try and get on all the platforms so it was really good old
2: yeah, days four years ago
0: so you yelling at me every if, day ask me why we're if not anybody on is still a, if anybody's still around at this point of hour and 30 in uh, i'm
2: pretty sure i have kept them around
0: probably ed um <laughs> yeah.
2: hey i got an idea so, i got an idea i got an idea um what if during the draft Wrong there. Uh, what if during the draft we do a
0: spaces? A, a Twitter spaces? Yep. I, I don't mean, know. I, I'll be at baseball practice during good point, good point. the draft. Good point,
1: good point. I'll be trying and hoping that all the all the racers are in with with tickets and
0: unable to race anymore.
1: For all the reckless op, they
2: they got spaces. So, yeah. So,
0: I don't know. Do we have? Do we have uh, a rounding third or a bum of the week or anything like that for any of you?
2: (laughs) I got to go back to the office tomorrow for the first time in a year. (laughs)
1: Why do you, you look w- like floby w- One Kenobi? <laughs> if
0: you wake This is my bangle. Up.
2: This is my bangle. Uh this is my new uh bangle look.
0: If you wake up.
2: What happened?
0: floby One Kenobi. Alright. Aaron, you wanna close this thing down? Can you please
2: can you please talk about our socials?
1: Sure. Yeah. Oh. You can you can find me here on pardon the punctuation at PTP Cincy podcast Cincy PTP podcast Cincy on Twitter. Uh, pardon the punctuation on on Instagram on Facebook.
0: God, I hate these people. Bearcat Nation on Facebook. Yep, um, we're over two thousand. We're over two thousand members in that group, yeah. and
1: including we have Coach Miller's mom. Yeah, coach's mom.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We've got Steve Logan. Guys. Steve Logan's Steve in there. Logan. The real Steve Logan.
2: Melvin who who
1: else is in there?
0: Melvin Levitt, I think, is Alex in there. Alex
2: Meacham, Eric Hicks.
0: Uh, and we've got, we've got. That's a guy we still they, gotta get on the pod.
2: A, it's Eric Hicks.
0: There, there's a lot of, there's a lot of good chatter that goes back and forth in there. There's also some things that get, get taken you know, down. We're we're pretty quick to take down some nonsense. So uh, you could jump in there uh you find me on twitter at cincyfan fan 500 and that's cincy with an i um, you can find ed at two chins cincy also with an i or his new his new account the <laughs> place no stand that's uh, not me <laughs> you can find me
1: on bearcat stuck. journal um stop or or or, or here uh at AC Smith 37.
0: Yeah. So, well, you can. I don't know why you it, get so mad. True.
1: I'm not mad. And some big things. Can,
2: can you please talk to your boss about? <laughs> 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 All
1: right. So that's another episode of Part and Punctuation. Again, congratulations, Clay. Uh, you did it. We're we're so proud of you. You're you're a real
0: boy. Hey, you're a real boy. Way to go. I mean, we do. I was I was a little upset that we didn't get to talk about his killer outfit that he was rocking for that. He had some dad shorts and loafers and <laughs> his boat shoes. Yeah, yeah, they were they were looking good. But let's also remember Clay's uh, from no. Kentucky.
1: And, and Clay uh, on Twitter is is at Clay underscore Reds, I
0: believe, right, William? Yes. Uh, is it at Clay underscore Reds? I think so. That's really bad that I don't like that we don't know that off the top of our heads. It is. I mean, at Clay underscore Red. Nailed it. what I said. Boom. All right. Bro. So for that, for, for for Jeff, for Clay, for Ed,
1: I'm Aaron. This has been another episode of Pardon the Punctuation. Team Chase. Team let's chase. go. Team Chase. All let's day. Let's go. I'm going kicker. All right. We're out.
0: All right.